We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Packers-Falcons post-game podcast. My name is Nicholas Schmidt, and I am your host today. Before we get started, as many of you might know, I am not the usual post-game podcast. Usually, that goes to our godfather, Andy Herman. Andy will be missing for a while from the podcast due to illness. While it's nothing seriously, while it's nothing serious, we still wish him well and a speedy recovery And so with that, we'll jump into the podcast today. Again, Packers over the Falcons, 34-20. The Packers improved to 5-7-1 on the season. The team looked a lot different today. Just simple as that, they, they had a different feel to them today. They seemed to play with more energy, more fire, more passion, And I don't know if that's because McCarthy was fired or because they all kind of felt like their jobs might be on the line after seeing what happened to McCarthy last weekend. I don't know. But regardless, Packers get the win today. They played very well overall as a team. Aaron Rodgers was 21 of 32 for 196 yards and two touchdowns today. No interceptions. He looked really good today. He didn't throw any balls at the feet of his receivers, which always a good thing. Seems to be getting better now. 
Obviously, we've been seeing that for a while. He didn't really have any of that today, which is great. They ran the ball pretty well in the second half. It was really my only complaint with the first half is they only ran the ball six times for like 29 yards in the first half. And it was disappointing for two reasons. A, because I you got to run the ball more than six times in the first half. But the other problem that I had with it was Aaron Jones didn't get his first touch of the game until two and a half minutes into the second quarter. So, you know, we, we thought we'd kind of move past this whole, like, debate between running backs. And I don't know, maybe there was something that the coaching staff saw on film coming into this week that led them to believe that Jamal Williams should be the starting running back for the game. Ultimately, Aaron Jones did get end up getting his carries. He had 17 touches for, what, 17 carries for 78 yards and a touchdown Averaged four and a half yards per carry. Also had three catches for 28 yards. So he got his 20 touches today, which is good. Uh, Joe Philbin had mentioned that he wanted to get Aaron Jones between 20 and 25 touches total. So got that goal. He did a lot of his work in the second half. I'd like to see them bring that back again to the first half more just because, you know, when you're trying to establish the game, right, a lot of Jones's carries came when they were up big and they were just trying to run the clock out, which is fine. That's good. You need to be able to do that. But I'd also really like to see him establish the run game during the game when you when the game's not so well in hand, right? You got to have that balance. Again, don't make Aaron Rodgers do everything, right? So Aaron Rodgers, speaking of him, he looked a lot better today as far as, you know, he still had some throwaways, but he seemed to be more accurate today for the most part. He wasn't really all that off. Um, He still really struggles to throw checkdowns. He threw a couple of them today, which I noticed, took note of that, but I know a lot of people on Twitter were, you know, pointing out there was, was the first or second quarter, I think it was the first quarter where he threw that deep ball to Jimmy Graham that Jimmy Graham ultimately ended up dropping. I guess I didn't see it on the play, but I guess he had a check down that he could have taken for an easy first down. Instead, he chose to throw deep. So, you know, that, it, you know, we won't get into the specifics of that, but yes, you know, it would be nice to see him hit the check downs a little bit more. I noticed that he did do that a lot more today than he's done in the past, which when I say a lot more, one is more than zero, and in Aaron Rodgers' case, that means a lot more. So, the team just overall, they seem to have a different feel to them today. Whether that's just a new voice in Joe Philbin, whether that's because McCarthy got fired and everybody feels like their job might be at risk, could be a little bit of both, I don't know, but they played a lot better today, and I know people say, well, you know, the Falcons aren't great, right? Which is true, but let's not pretend like the Cardinals are any better than the Falcons. And so if you're going to use that argument, the Falcons aren't great, I I agree. But neither are the Cardinals. And yet the Packers last weekend struggled with the Cardinals, right? So the change, whatever it was, whether it was because they were playing under a new voice or because they had a fire lit under their ass because they're like, well, they just fired McCarthy midseason. I could be gone anytime soon. I, I don't know. But this team definitely took the message 
from last weekend after firing Mike McCarthy. They played a lot better. It's hard to argue anything other than that. So, Joe Philbin, first game. He's 1-0 as the Packers interim head coach. Let's slow our roll here for a second. For anyone that might be worried that this win all of a sudden makes him the front runner for the job in the offseason, I don't think that's going to happen. Right? It's one game. He's got to do a lot more than just beat the Falcons at home in order to get the job. Right? Now, if you're someone that wants him as the head coach, this is a good starting point. Right? They played well under Philbin today. They seem to have more energy. I noticed at the end of the game, it was probably a little bit of both, but it was nice to see Aaron Rodgers smiling with the teammates on the field. It probably had a lot to do with the fact that they were winning and winning comfortably, which they haven't done in a very long time, but it was nice to see that. And, you know, one thing I really want to talk about, it's an interesting talking point from the game, is Joe Philbin used both of his challenges within the first 90 seconds of the game. First of all, I'd love to know what you guys think about him doing that. Now, the first challenge, I think we can all agree, was an absolute incomplete pass, and I don't know what Walt Coleman or his officiating crew was looking at during the game. They were awful. Really, really awful. Now, to be fair to Walt Coleman and his team, the officiating was very subpar around the NFL this past weekend. But that first pass to Julio Jones was an absolute incomplete pass. The second challenge, the I liked it and I disliked it. I liked it because it showed he was going to be aggressive. He was telling his team, look, you guys think that this is an incomplete pass? I'm going to challenge it. The reason why I didn't like it is because the first challenge was so clearly and obviously an incomplete pass and that they ruled a catch anyway that it kind of just told me that okay, the way this game is going today, you're not going to win that challenge, right? I, I get what he was thinking, and, and I agree. I like the aggressiveness. The only reason why I disagree with it is because it kind of seemed like you kind of were given a precedent not that long ago about where this was going to go. But the other thing is, in today's NFL, do you really need your challenges? I think the the thing that hurt them more was the fact that they lost the timeouts. I, you know, I you don't see a whole lot of coaches' challenges anymore in today's NFL because the things you really want to challenge are turnovers and scoring, and those are automatically reviewed. So I don't have a problem with it. I think it really showed to his team that, hey, I'm going to have your back today. You know, we're we're in this together. I'm going to be aggressive. It's not going to be, you know, I'll just kind of let it slide, right? He was aggressive with it. I liked it, right? Things I didn't like today from... Joe Philbin, for the most part. I didn't like his lack of use of Aaron Jones in the first half. I thought it could have been a lot better. Should have used him a lot more. He has really emerged as a weapon to the point where, again, like I said, unless they found something on film this week, maybe there was some di- small disciplinary action that we don't know about, and that's why he didn't play much. That that could have very well been the case. But, you know, if, if all things are equal, right, the lack of Aaron Jones' use in the first half is very disappointing. And the lack of just a running game in general in the first half was very disappointing. The total of six carries for like 29 yards in the first half, it's not good enough. But ultimately, the Packers... The other thing that I noticed from the Packers today, just as a team, they seem to kind of get some 
luck after that first defensive drive where they didn't have any luck with either of those catches for Julio Jones. Right, Prashad Breland, his pick six. That was amazing. That was so much fun to see. Great to see them getting a turnover. But then you look, and then again, though, more luck, if you want to call it, breaks, however you want to look at it. You know, Jair Alexander muffs two punts, right? He recovers both of them. You saw a couple weeks ago, Tremont Williams let a punt bounce against the Vikings and it bounced into his face mask. That's just bad luck, right? That's not getting the bounces. Today they got him, right? And then the most bizarre play of the game, I've, I've been having conversations with people about it. You've been waiting to see it forever, and it never happens. They got that lucky bounce late in the fourth quarter when the Falcons were driving where the ball actually bounced off the knee of the receiver in motion and Brashad Breeland, once again, right place, right time, picks up the fumble recovery. That's called getting breaks, right? And you got to have that every now and then. It seems like they haven't had much of that this year. They had quite a bit of it today. So it, it was good to be able to see them get a couple of breaks. There were a couple of things that didn't go their way. But for the vast majority of the game, I would say they got a lot of the breaks. They got a lot of the calls. A lot of things went their way today. Uh, a couple things that, you know, once again, special teams struggle. I know a lot of people like the idea of Jair Alexander returning punts. At this point, he's such a young player, and he's shown so much promise on the defensive side of the ball. I, I, I don't want him to return punts right now. Just because he struggled with it today to the point where he muffed two punts, and after the second one that he muffed, they put Randall Cobb back there to return punts. And I'm pretty sure at that point it was just, hey, call for a fair catch, give the offense the ball. But the point being, you know, I understand that he can be an electrifying player, and I understand that he's a young rookie stud, but let's be real. Where is he really going to be a bigger playmaker? Is he going to be a bigger playmaker on special teams, or is he going to be a bigger playmaker on defense? I say right now, let him get comfortable to the NFL he, he's he's really the starting corner. So it's not like he gets to be like the nickel corner and then return punts. No, like he's your number one corner right now. So, you know, keep him away from injuries, unnecessary hits, and just let him learn the defense, right? So I, I'd really like to see them make that change. I feel like they're going to after the way he muffed two punts today. I don't see him returning punts for the rest of the year. But just a thought, you know, let them learn one thing at a time next year if if you're really desperate for it. But I never liked the idea of having a star player returning punts because it's just unnecessary hits for them to take. So don't like that. But for the most part, I think there was a lot to be... The hard thing is, is right now with the way the season's gone, it's kind of hard to be excited over a win because... I mean, yes, the Packers, I think they're, after this weekend, their percentage of making the playoffs went up from 3% to 4%. That's not great. They're still in it. And, I mean, look, I'm cheering just as much as everybody else for them to make the playoffs, right? I mean, we're fans. That's what we are. We want to see our team make the playoffs. But I'm not necessarily, you know, 4% chance. You need to have everything go your way, right? And in a season where not much has gone their way, I don't see it happening, but 
you know, so it brings us back to, you know, they're 5-7-1. and one. They got a win, and it was, it was for the first time in what seemed like forever a fun game to watch. I mean, I, the, the last game that was actually truly fun for me as a viewer to watch was the Dolphins game, right? So, but it's also kind of hard to be overly excited because you realize that this win really doesn't mean much in the terms of the season, right? In terms of making the playoffs, right? I mean, yeah, sure, it still keeps you in it, but, you know, your chances are still really low. So, you know, it's a weird thing that I don't think a lot of Packer fans are truly understanding of how they should feel because we're not used to this. You know, right now, you know, 5-7-1, and you're used to being, what, 8-4 and at this point in the year, 9-4, and something like that. And yet here we are with Aaron Rodgers five seven and one. So it's it's kind of weird. If you don't know how to feel about today's game, you're definitely not alone. It, it is very weird to have a game this late in which you win and you really don't feel much. But I think there's still a lot of positives you can take away from today's game. There's still lots of struggle on the offense. It's not perfect yet, but it looked a lot better today under Philbin. I thought Philbin did a good job of managing the game and calling plays for the most part. I, you know, I and you know how much Aaron Rodgers changed the play at the line. You know, we don't really know, but you know, I just want to go through. You know, Randall Cobb today. Welcome back, Randall Cobb. I don't think he'll be with the team next year, but he had five catches for forty-three yards, staying a touchdown. And one of the he actually had one of the most interesting plays of the game. His touchdown reception was actually to me one of the most interesting plays of the game because. That is a pass. It was third and ten, and it was truly well covered. I I don't know why Aaron decided to throw that ball, and I'm not complaining that he did, but I'm just noticing with the way that the season has gone, with the way that play was covered, that to me is not a pass. I don't think he makes that pass last weekend, right? It was Aaron. It almost seems like Aaron this year is looking for the perfect pass. And when it's not perfect, he doesn't take it. Now, I could be wrong, but it just doesn't feel like a ball on 3rd and 10 that he would have thrown. Or if he would have thrown, it would have been, you know, over everybody's head and out of bounds, right? But, I mean, it was a it was a playable ball where both the defender and the receiver, you know, had the ability to make a play on the ball. Cobb made a great catch. But I I don't know if that's due to it being Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers saying, I know that if I throw this ball here, I trust that you can make a play. Or if Aaron is just kind of getting over the whole, I need a perfect pass thing. Or maybe it's because it's not one of the rookies and, you know, he's just like, hey, Randall, I know, I know you, I trust you, go make a play for me. So I thought it was one of the more interesting plays of the game because it doesn't seem like a play that he would have made any time in this season, really. So, lots to take away. Again, we had good Philbin, we had bad Philbin. We had good Rodgers, for the most part. His stat line isn't necessarily where you want it to be yet, but when you get a pick six, and when the Falcons were playing as poorly as they were, you don't necessarily need to throw for 300 yards. Team ran for a combined total of 138 yards. They, they played well. You know... You got to give the team a lot of credit today. They came out, they played hard. Moving forward next weekend, looking going to Chicago, 
you know, I, I wouldn't say that they're going to win the game, but from what I saw today, my takeaway from today's game truly was that this team, they got three games left. They're at the Bears next weekend, then they're at the Jets, and then they come home and finish the season at the Lions. From what I saw today, even though they're more than likely missing the playoffs, and I don't know how their next three games are going to turn out, this is what I feel like you can expect from the Packers over the next three weeks. I feel like over the next three weeks, you can expect to see this team compete. They're going to play. They are not going to get blown out by anybody, right? And now they haven't been blown out really at all this year, but my point is you're not going to see this team quit, right? You're not going to see them, you know, oh, well, we're out of the playoffs and so we're not going to really try as hard. No, I think you're going to see a team down the stretch that's going to play their butt off and they're going to play for their coach, Whether Philbin's the head coach next year, obviously that's a long ways off. That's not really a talking point, but I think you're going to see a competitive team from here on out. I don't think you're going to see them mail anything in. I think there's a lot to be excited about after what you saw today. They looked crisper. They looked cleaner. Everything, you know, there's still some struggles on offense. But what I really took away from today's game was this. At the end of the game, If you were in a game with Atlanta where, say, they needed, they, meaning the Packers, needed to go down the field and get a score of some type, today felt like they could do that. Whereas in weeks past, it felt like, man, if they needed a score late in the game, you weren't getting it. And you had no confidence that they would do it. So that, even just having that feeling that in in the second half, if they needed a score, you, I at least felt confident that I could trust that they would go down the field and get the points that they needed. So with that, I think there's a lot to look forward to for the rest of the season, even if they don't make the playoffs, right? I know there's, I, I see quite a bit of you out there on Twitter still holding out hope. We all, in theory, are very much holding out hope. I think realistically, they're not going to make the playoffs. They need just too many things to break their way, even though they had so many things go their way today around the league. They had a lot go their way around the league this weekend, which was good. But ultimately, I think it's just it's too much. I think there's too much of a gap. I don't think they I don't think they back their way in. But I think there's a lot to be excited about. The way they played today should give you some type of hope that next year, regardless of what happens this year, next year they will be competitive again. We won't see a season like we saw this year, right? It happens. You get one of these seasons every so many years. It happens. But I think there was enough to take away from today's game that moving forward into next year, there's a lot of hope. So with that short post-game show today, I'm sure Andy goes into a lot more in-depth analysis of the game. Sorry, I'm not as good at this as Andy is. There's a reason he is the godfather of the podcast, and I am just a contributor. But there were good things about today's game. There were bad things about today's game. Ultimately, though, Packer fans, think of it like this. It's been a while since we've had a win. Three, four weeks, something like that. Enjoy the win. Be excited for next weekend with the Bears. 
It's going to be a fun game. And always hold out hope. 3% chance is a chance. Like they say, you're telling me there's a chance. With that, signing off today, guys. My name is Nick Schmitz. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsSchmitty. Make sure, if you're on Twitter, to follow the Pack-A-Day podcast Twitter handle. Andy, I believe, is still doing some work with that. Make sure to send some good messages to Andy. He's been doing such a great job for us this year. We're hoping that he is back on his feet as soon as possible so he can be back here bringing you guys some great content as well. Once again, guys, 34-20, to 20, Packers over the Falcons. Enjoy the week, and as always, go Pack Go! On first and goal, snap to Rodgers. Throws left side, got Devontae at the pylon. Is he in? Yes, a touchdown! Jimmy Graham in the slot right as well. Devontae solo left, press coverage on him. From the shotgun, here's the snap on second down. Lofting left side. Rodgers has Adams down the left sidelines out of bounds across the 40. Third and five, 13-yard line of Atlanta. Snap to Ryan, looks right, blows right there. Intercepted to the house, Bishop Breeland. Touchdown, Green Bay Packers. 19-yard interception return, and it's 16-7, Packers. From the shotgun on third down and 10. Football to the 24 of Atlanta. Snap to Rodgers. Steps up. Lost it. Left side. And touchdown. Touchdown to Cobb. And the record. All time. Consecutive passes without an interception. Aaron Rodgers. 359 in a row, and he does it in style to Randall Cobb. 24-yard touchdown pass. Second and short, get Jones, big hole, right side, 20, 15, 10, to the end zone, touchdown! There's the big play we were waiting for in the ground game, Aaron Jones, 29 yards.